0: Da, da, good evening everybody.
1: Da, da, da,
0: <laughs> Mark's waving off the family. We, we just get started. It's always great when it something said, always happens right when we hit the button. Are you live
1: now? We're live pal. Yes, I'm sorry. Can You're I do on. that again? Yes, we are. Do you ever have a Sid moment on here when you have someone on?
0: <laughs> wow, man. You, usually it's one of us. Uh, But uh, welcome, everyone, to What's On Joe Mine. I am your sometimes genial host, Mike Irizarry. With me, of course, the honcho, Mark Weber. What's up? And uh, Joe Colton is on assignment tonight. So in her place, we have brought in our neighbor to the north. You know him, you love him. YouTube personality and toy guru. Michael Mercy is with us this evening. Hi,
1: everyone. One out of two ain't bad as far as the (laughs) you know him, you love him. (laughs) (laughs) everybody (laughs) thanks uh mike and mark for having me on what's on joe mind and uh it was great to chat with you mike a while back uh boy does time ever fly it feels like that was just a few months ago
0: it felt like either a couple of weeks or six years i'm not sure It
1: it was a while ago and uh i still want that pressing question answered. what's on joe mind other than beachhead
0: we still haven't figured that out. That's as close as we've come. With Mar- Mark probably has some interrogator stuff going on in his mind. Absolutely.
1: Hey, they gone. I see him in the chat. There, familiar face. Welcome to everyone in the chat. Looking forward to chatting with you guys too.
0: Man, he gets you too. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny how the the regulars tend to tend to show up. But um, so it's a big week in general uh we are in the midst of hasbro pulsecon i guess you could say the actual event hasn't started yet but we've we've already had our fill of online fracas resulting from the attempted purchase of whatever uh exclusive you might have wanted to get to uh, some folks have had uh, great success getting what they wanted and other folks have not had great success but uh, almost to be expected with as many people as are going for that sort of thing. We'll start with you, Mark Weber. What what were you after out of this year's uh, PulseCon exclusives, and did you land it? Yeah, I mean, I really I don't collect that many
2: things, Joe, and some Transformers, so I was only after, really, uh, the Cobra Commander. So although I'm a, I'm a big comic book fan, I just don't collect the toys so much as the books, mm-hmm. and that, that Hellfire Club four-pack was tremendous and exactly the kind of thing an exclusive should be the kind of characters that might not come out at mass retail but they'll make them all available in some really slick packaging so I think that was my favorite exclusive available today but the only one I was really after was the Cobra Commander and that was painless really I you know I was I was ready for it to be worse but with a limit of one and them adding a CAPTCHA to the front of it to try to fend off some bots or at least slow them down, it was seamless for me. It really was uh, was painless, and I was pretty happy about it. Just makes you wonder if Target is taking notes there,
0: right? Right. I hope so. Maybe they talk. <laughs> Michael, how about you, man? You Do you have any luck?
1: I didn't even look.
0: Didn't even look, man. I'm
1: uh, I'm a different breed of Joe Collector. That whole Maddie Collector, a couple of years ago, Matty Collector had the, um, um, you know, and I forgot to ask, can you hear me blowing on my mic there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be talking into this thing the whole time. And it turns out it was <laughs> my laptop mic. But um, the Maddie no, Collector
3: good,
1: um, Masters of the Universe Classics thing where they did the sale every month at noon. Mm-hmm. I did that for years and I'm burned out. On the whole order things online like at the you know stroke of midnight or whatever the i i hated doing that it was a real giant pain in the butt i don't look back on it with fond memories like oh the time i got fisto you know uh by hitting refresh 80 times in 20 seconds and trying to <laughs> no i didn't even look um that, that's why i'm looking forward to being on tonight's show and just getting like a first time reaction to this stuff i don't know what was on the uh the site, uh what the exclusives were. I didn't look at any of that stuff. I I don't care. I never do care. I never look at it. I see so many people have so much disappointment for that stuff. And I just go back to the Maddie collector thing and think that really sucked the fun out of my collecting experience. And I was happy to get the stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but there's like a negative experience to it too. And you know, and I know that stuff really went up in value. The stuff goes up in value if you can't get it, and that kind of sucks that you have to jump through that hoop. But I just, I never want to do it again. You know, that's that's where I'm at. Like I'm done with the uh, everybody rush because like Black Friday sales and stuff. No way. I'd rather pay triple the price and just mosey in, buy it, mosey out, rather than fighting a line or or even like a internet line. I'm I'm just done True with enough. that stuff. So that's my perspective.
0: Yeah, no. You're, you're absolutely right on the Black Friday stuff. I don't go anywhere near a retail outlet that I'm unless I've got to work at one. I, I don't go anywhere near that that whole week.
1: Yeah.
0: But and uh I remember I, you I, saying you did
1: have retail experience. Did you ever have oh, to work at Black Friday?
0: Oh yeah. Oh many. Yeah. Many, many, many. Including for for Target and for Dick Sporting Goods and other just <laughs> large retail I mean the scariest one I was ever at was at the sporting goods store to be truthfully. That was, really? that was the only one that I, I, I had where people were were running, you know I had to direct traffic and yeah, it was it no good. That was that was no good at all. At least you could grab a bat though.
1: You can go
0: on
2: cornet, get a tennis racket. <laughs> <phenomenal>. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Twirl it over my head. Take a break in it, <laughs> they were, yeah. It was uh, that, that, that one was bad, and that was a that like four in the morning is too early to have to be at, at work to deal with stuff like that, right? Defending your life
2: <laughs> at, work, at 4 a.m. I, I, I gotta say, though, it's a, it's a guilty pleasure, but man, watching the videos when they put like Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries under it or Jim Ross commentating it like
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> the stop
1: the, damn, stop the damn match He is broken in half Harriet <laughs> <Karras laughs> Funk has <is> gone crazy <laughs> <laughs> I just no, I, Picture the Funker at a Black Friday sale
3: <laughs> pedal driving
1: ball. people and going
3: forever Forever <laughs>
2: I could see him doing a moonsault off a planogram. Uh, I into that's... some glass display case. No, onto somebody probably. <laughs> well, Come yeah, but through a glass display case. Somebody's shuffling away with four VCRs, right? And then here <laughs> comes Bug.
1: Yeah, Matt, Matt Rubin is um, uh, concurring. Matty Collector sucked.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm Cutting not sure that qualifies a hot take, right? Like, yeah.
1: That That's red like, screen of
2: death sucked.
1: How, how, Aaron,
2: so Aaron Stone was hot.
1: So you guys fill me in. How is because I've heard you know complaining, but how is ordering today? Because I haven't done anything like that in ages. Uh, how do, are the systems now?
0: It's tough for me to gauge. I I actually I I was a a premium member because I figured I would I would sign up. I would I would get enough directly from Pulse to to justify paying for shipping with the service so for me i went, I ordered it on tuesday it was no problem because nobody really? was ordering it on tuesday so i i don't have an accurate gauge of how that went myself so I, I
1: anyone in the chat want to let us know
0: yeah i i, I have a feeling that it, it's going to be like most these other experiences and that the folks that got through and got their product had no problem but the ones that did not are are squeaky wheels and there's just too many squeaky wheels
2: i mean Mm. it was available for quite some time though i think like it wasn't like a five minute sellout or anything Mm. so and i think something that's lost a little bit is the perspective in a normal year this is a comic-con exclusive Mm. and you have to go to san diego to get it or they randomly release some later on, but usually without a date or a time. So you're constantly going back to the website. And even if you get it, you're tired at the end of that process. So, you know, for if it was cumbersome on any level, it was still easier than it
0: probably would have been in a normal year. So there we go. There's our eyewitness account from Matt Rubin. I still saw snake Supreme Cobra commander available a couple hours ago. And the, the prevailing thought is that they're doing
2: a second run on the production because your shipping for you, Mike, for you premium members you, are getting yours a lot earlier than the people who ordered today. Like my shipping is <laughs> next March.
1: Can't get oh, the yeah.
2: swell off. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yours, yours is shipping now, right, Mike?
0: What's that now? Isn't your commander shipping now? You know, I haven't, I didn't even check. I didn't, I saw, I got the, I got the confirmation email and that was, I I still haven't opened that email yet.
2: That's the scuttle online is that the premium people are getting their ship now. And the people who order today who are non-premium members will get it in, you know, several months. So I'm not complaining about that. If you're paying to be a premium member, you should be getting some benefits that, you know the bourgeois the morlocks are
0: not pretty too.
3: <laughs> i'll take a look at that <laughs> you guys
0: answer i was surprised that there was no love for the quintessence mark you you worked on the transformer line there's no love for the quintessence i just here's my bit yeah and it's the same for
2: joe too as a guy a, you know has been a guy who worked on both of those lines as Funky as the Quintessons are and the fact that they've never really been done well this far into the brand. What made Transformers and Joe awesome in their heyday was all the new characters every year. And the idea that you have to drill down so deep to remake anything classic rather than digging into what actually made the brands really awesome was all the innovation and all the new characters every year. So I think I think brands in general, nostalgia brands get a little stuck in their own nostalgia. And I think the grown-up kids like us would welcome new characters, well-thought-out designs uh, as much as a perfectly accurate mirage done up, you know, for today or you know, Gung-Ho or Tripwire or whoever, I just think they're they are a little lost and reliant on this, the nostalgia crutch. Not that I would wash it all away, but it just feels like there's there's so little newness that um, it, it, it's a bit of a frustration for me as a collector.
1: I think the key is, for me, unfinished business, and I know a lot of people that I interact with, a lot of friends, are the same way. We've just got this itch that we want scratched. We we call it unfinished business. And the Quintesson in Transformers is a total piece of unfinished business because they never made them back in the day. It's like when RC first came out for whatever that line was a couple of years ago, the really anime accurate RC. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were very happy with that because that was unfinished business. We've got this thing that feels like we want... You know that big shipment or that big um, uh, stock of mask toys that was just discovered in Chile? Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, that's what we want. We want a secret vault, like a tomb. <laughs> and it's really no different than discovering Tutankhamun's tomb. I mean, that was something that just the whole world was excited about. What? There's this tomb that's untouched by uh tomb raiders. This is incredible. So that, that, big cache of Minton box stuff in, in Chile found. That's what we want. We want, when we see Super 7 vintage style masters of the universe figures, we don't think, or a lot of us, you know, don't look at that and go, oh, imitation. A lot of us go, oh, was that made back in 86 or 87 and just pushed away somewhere in a warehouse in Chile and now discovered? That's what we want. Something that feels like it was made back then. And it doesn't have all of the stench of modern day gotta have a little of this gotta have a little of that gotta make all these people feel included you know and whatever gotta gotta put purple in there or gotta make it all white you know because whatever stupid reasons i think um the new uh origins he-man origins figures by using the original packaging you know how many people see that and don't just love the figures but they love the packaging Mm -hmm. that's what takes them back that's what makes them feel like this is unfinished business and it's old stock that never got released because a lot of these lines feel like they were cut short same with the gi joe um, retro line right using that original card art even if they've tweaked this and that and changed the packaging a little bit seeing that original card art instead of the pursuit of cobra blue style you know different style of artwork Mm -hmm. uh, that's what i really love things that feel like they should have come out back then and and just are true you know, like I look at Marvel Legends and I don't I don't feel like they're unfinished business. I feel like they are total, really awesome looking, super detailed uh, toys, but they're modern. They're mm-hmm. modern articulation, modern looks to the modern everything. Whereas I look at Origins and I go, oh, if if Mattel just had a few more years of He-Man back then. And it sucks that it ended when it did. And G.I. Joe, it sucks that it ended when it did. And it sucks that Transformers ended when it did. We all wish we we could have had five more years of all those toy lines. I feel like if He-Man had gone a few more years, if we had seen a 1990 He-Man line, that's what they would have looked like. Elbow joints, knee joints, the Origins line.
2: I got to agree with the RC comment. That was a great figure. Whoever made that figure, I hope he got a big raise, man. He got Ooh, fired. He was firing on uh on let's all be, cylinders. That let's guy. be
1: serious. No, they were firing him because <laughs> that's that's how it goes. <laughs> he's he's working for wars uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> or but anyway, uh, tip of or, the hat <laughs> to whoever that
0: was. Or or perhaps he's on the podcast right now. Possible.
1: Oh, <laughs> all the
0: best. Possible. Yeah. I, uh, I stay corrected. <laughs>
1: But was I not right?
3: <laughs> no, you were half right. You were half right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a great figure. I I didn't know that, but that was a fantastic figure. Unfinished business.
0: You were yeah. good all the way up to Jazzwares. That was. That <laughs> was a little, I, that's why I thought you were in on the joke until you said no. Jazzwares. Like, wait a minute, he doesn't actually know.
3: <laughs>
0: I thought I thought you caught that one. Thought little, you were jazz, on. Jazzwares
2: a little too Florida for me. So not quite ready.
1: That's that's really interesting then. Um, you designed RC, did you have any, uh, go ahead.
2: I was just gonna say, uh, I wanna be careful, I am not. I wasn't the designer, I was the marketer. So I was the guy who was coming up with the ideas that then partnered with the designer
1: to make the toy. Well, I, I would love to hear more and you don't currently work for Hasbro, do you? I don't. Okay, so when that was being designed, were you privy to any information about, no, no, we wanna change this a little bit? Like. You know, the silly stuff that we all imagine, like, no, she needs bigger shoulders or why does she, you don't have to make her look just like the cartoon you can give her purple, you know, wings and stuff. Was it any of that stuff going on or was there anyone going, no, make her look like she did in the movie. We need an RC. I think it was, it was
2: the basic push was that we wanted to make a very screen accurate, faithful RC
3: and
2: she's you know, she's such an important character and an ongoing character uh now in the animation and idw has always used her uh primarily as one of the most important autobots so we felt there was always room for different versions or uh different kinds of Cities moving forward but if you don't debut with the classic the one people have never had the chance to buy then you're just inviting backlash so
1: which is where we go with classified yeah well oh yeah in a way yeah we wanted six inch joes and we got them yeah
2: it just it doesn't (laughs) it it is weird to me from a marketing perspective that if you're going to update the joes and I i have no problem with that as a concept if you're targeting new collectors and kids but to go with something that is so obviously geared towards adults and then, you know, neuter the weaponry and, you know, lose file cards altogether and go with a kind of a kitty symbol system on the side of it. It's just such a mixed metaphor that it, it feels like they tried to kind of the shotgun approach. Let's try to do a little something for everybody. And they never really hit any key demographic. Mm-hmm. Not perfectly, anyway. Oh, maybe Mike. Mike's pretty happy.
1: Stop petting your Sneeding um, <laughs> I just want to mention Matt Rubin said The warehouse find was real I thought people Were trolling I thought it was real uh, Someone on my Patreon there Posted pictures saying um, I just got some of those Chile Toys <laughs> so I don't see why It would be a hoax And and there are a bunch of Things on eBay that went on sale A mint in box media or a mint in box whatever the dune buggy was called so i think it was real
2: seems like mask would be a weird thing to hoax right if you were yeah, yeah. so not nothing wrong with mask i like mask but if i was trying to pull off an elaborate hoax it would be you know et video games or something right oh,
0: that, yeah that would have some pull beachhead yeah. figures <laughs> can you imagine cuz they're after exactly. that sweet what's on Joe Mind Money
1: a, a giant metal container crate of 1986 Beachhead mint on card figures,
0: all with broken crotches. Every yep. single <laughs> one of them, probably. There probably be there probably be one good one in the lot, just because there's always one.
1: And and the clips are all like paint scraped off of them. Yep. So
0: yeah, I know. yeah. Gotta have that. We have and, we. And the we mask
1: have, is a different color than the green on the rest
0: of the body. <laughs> there's expectations involved with collecting that figure. Believe me, I know. Yeah. Now that we've got the uh, got the the Beach Party '86 collection, you know it's <laughs> so, some some yeah. of them are great, some of them are a little play worn. We love if, them all. If you got, let's
2: say, a couple of years from now, '86 Beachheads on a shelf, so it was truly Beach Party '86. <laughs> Is that the cutoff? Would you be like, if someone offered you the '87th, would you be like, "No, nah, I'm good." There's no cutoff. All right, there's no end.
1: There's no cutoff. There's 186, or uh, you could have a 1986 oh, beachhead party. Then that's the next I, one. I, 1 I, 1,986 beachheads.
0: <laughs> at, at, at that point, I hope I'm still not actually counting it. At that point, then 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 that becomes a bit of a chore. I don't know. We're we're getting too far ahead of ourselves on that one. I think I'm stuck on 14 at this point. So it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not too unmanageable or unwieldy.
3: I, I, would, I, just- like,
0: I like that
2: concept. If you get upwards of 2,000 beachheads, simply by hoarding that one character, you will have driven up the price of other beachheads out there. And guys just trying to put together like an 86 collection. Would like, <laughs> I got them all, but not beachhead. Because the yeah. one on Joe Mind, they're all like $120 now.
0: Get my... My, my get my big throne out and just sit there.
2: Yeah, yes, bring okay. him to me. Yes, a guy did that with uh, top cards the year of Mickey Mantle's rookie card. He started mm-hmm. buying up all the common cards of this one jabroni, don't know who I forget, but it was common, it didn't cost anything, so it was easy to buy. And he hoarded enough of them that people were having an amazingly hard time putting together a complete set. Of Mickey Mantle's rookie year, of of the, you know the whole run, because yeah. nobody nobody could find the Joe Slobotnik card. <laughs> this, this guy who had like eighteen thousand of them.
1: David, David for wrestling fans, the David Isley of baseball. That's <laughs>
2: it. Right? He had every Barry Horowitz card. Uh, you no guys,
1: <laughs> I've
2: been Joe, watching. I,
0: I I am impressed by the Joe Slobotnik shout. That is an obscure <laughs> reference from. Peanuts. Yeah. That is Charlie Brown's favorite ball player. <laughs> <And> that, he <laughs> and got he, brought up, He like what, once in the 1960s. Yeah, and he sucked, just like Charlie Brown on well, the band. you know. Yeah. You
2: gotta,
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Joe Slobotnik. Oh, wow. Whoever
2: whoever had that in their, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl squares, what's on Joe Biden
0: uh, game, just made out big. Oh, my God. Rob's probably losing his mind. Mike, I'm sorry we cut you off there. What were you saying? I have no idea. But uh, <laughs>
1: when are when are we going to get a crystal ball, uh, retro as well as classified figure?
2: I Day think four. You, you can still get the 1987 crystal ball at Walmart's if you look hard enough. <laughs> You guys had me. to do that the same thing I did, right? When you were a kid, you're going past all the crystal balls looking for anybody I else. I got
1: hypnotized moving them around, though. Like, I was pushing them, and then they were coming back and swinging, and then the thing started spinning. And I just <laughs> kind of, like, before I knew it, my mom was like, hey, it's time to go. You've been here four hours. Like, oh.
3: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> that might have been some subliminal advertising They never got busted for. <laughs>
1: And yeah, and it's, it's, shortly after that, I started collecting My Little Pony, so there was something to that.
2: There you go. <laughs> Look, yeah, Prince, Ad, Prince Adam's got to ride something.
1: <laughs> uh, I've never gotten into My Little Pony, but uh, you got to wonder how many people would have if they had been successful with that crossover back in the 80s. They were going to try to do a G.I. Joe and My Little Pony crossover. Yeah, that, that
0: one that? Uh, what Buzz Dixon was talking Buzz, about. He wanted, to, yeah. he wanted to put the... Uh, uh,
1: shipwreck was uh you know <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> they, they wanted to cross over in, in the my little pony movie they wanted to have a scene where they with with all the other marvel shows just a you know, to, you know a scene where they they show up this dimensional gate opens and they show up and they implore shipwreck for help and shipwreck's on leave that weekend he's been tipping yeah. a few back and and he just kind of stands there speechless and they're like forget it. He's not going to help us. And they go back through the door and, and then the, the scene ends with Shipwreck looking at the bottle and throwing it over his shoulder. <laughs>
3: anyway.
1: You think he's going to say, I got to quit drinking, but what he actually says is, I got to quit drinking cheap booze. He's got
0: to upgrade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some Crown Royal
3: here. Um, oh, so man. Mike, I,
1: I know, Mike, you got, you got a big beachhead collection. Mark, is there any figure or character that you have multiples of? Because that's like
2: Yeah, I don't. There's some like I try to get three. If it's a troop builder, I've always tried to get three of that guy. Mm -hmm. So it felt more like a group rather than an individual. But there's nobody that I, other than like the original Cobras, because they were, as far as I knew, the only bad guys we were going to get. So I tried to stock up on them when I was young. So I've got, you know, seven or eight soldiers or a couple of officers. But I never bought one guy ridiculous in Joe. For Transformers, I stopped collecting everything and I just whittled it down to my three favorites. So that's Grimlock, Prowl, Skywarp. Mm-hmm. So though I've got a lot of those three guys and, and Grimlock became incredibly popular again about, I don't know, 15 years ago. And you know, it actually made it harder. Liking guys who are sort of B level players like Prowl and Skywarp is nice because they don't put them out that often. Yeah. Uh, woe be to the Soundwave and Megatron and uh, Optimus and Bumblebee fans out there. Yeah. But I was pretty happy with my guys. And then Grimlock got, you know, he was always popular, but they started using him again. Came um,
0: back to the A list.
2: Yeah. Well, pretty much on any kind of animation and, and even the feature film, he became one of the most important Autobots again. And then he became a little harder to collect. Mm hmm. But those are those are my uh my guilty pleasures,
1: I think, more than anything else. Did you ever get the vinyl tech prowl? Yeah, Acura Integra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an awesome yeah. one. I love the idea of the baton, prowl having a baton.
2: Yeah. The the play of the police part that I think is pretty cool. And they I think they redid it in blue. So I've got an oh, actual yeah. a, an actual legit prowl looking one, and then there's a spunky blue one with the regular prowl head on it. So I guess that's the you know undercover. Prowl figure, so
3: yeah,
2: it's actually blue. Blue
0: streak, and yeah, right. Talk about, <laughs> talk about rare. A blue streak is blue. <laughs> they did that in um, um what's it called? Slobotnic? Masterpieces, masterpieces. Yeah, there's a, there's a blue blue streak. There was a guy mm-hmm. at
2: Hasbro, uh, Andy, a friend of mine, and we were talking about Transformers. I said, "Who's your favorite?" He said Blue Streak. And I'm like, that's awesome. I love it when somebody has, you know, like, no offense, Andy, a C minus, you know, or a D level character who never got the love, but spoke to them as a kid. Mm-hmm. And they stayed loyal for like 30 years on it. I think that's great.
1: Mm-hmm. But I always thought on, it was interesting watching, it, and we've moved over to Transformers chat here, but even as a kid looking at the um, catalog, and it's a blue, blue streak. And then he's silver on the cartoon. He's silver in the toy, and I didn't understand that those pictures get taken way before uh, the thing actually gets made. And just always wondering, like thinking we're going to get him right. Like he, if he's in the catalog, we got to get him eventually. When are we going to get him? And then the Action Masters came out, and I'm like, uh oh, any day now. Where's the silver <laughs> blue stream? The blue blue stream.
3: That was got just. A bad skid. Feeling about
0: <laughs> you have to make do with skids
1: Un- unfinished business right
2: <laughs> yeah I think it was uh, tracks was red too I think on the initial artwork
3: oh yeah yeah and, of the version. One.
2: eventually they came out with that you know the red version of tracks game a different name but again that's that's some of that unfinished business that you're talking about even when it's just you know colors from a catalog there's In there's that, definitely, uh, like you said an itch there that uh they, they call that uh, they call that
0: one road rage. Right, hey, I think that's it.
1: Has there ever been a, a GI Joe back scratcher? Because that would really help scratch literal itches. Right.
0: They're
2: <laughs> they, they're licensing some weird stuff these days, so I wouldn't wouldn't put it past them. I'm who's
0: sure there I'm sure there was something back in the day.
1: Who's someone who has claws in GI Joe? I'm thinking like Overlord, or Overlord, is there someone? Well, storm. Uh, you know, here's oh, a shadow, storm shadow. Nineteen eighty eight storm shadow.
0: Yeah, he had that you one. That
1: so that you can actually ah, scratch that itch. <laughs> now uh, I know.
0: <laughs> do, do they need do the lawsuits get, on that one? Right. Do
1: a PSA with a voice of Flint. You got an itch, you got to scratch. <laughs> and storm shadow comes in. Use the new GHJ back scratcher. Now I know
0: and knowing is half the battle. it. Okay. Bill, Bill Ratner would be up for that. If you gave him a good if you gave him a good good line, I'm sure he'd do it.
1: He'd be up for it if you gave him the back
0: scratcher. That'd be well. <laughs> you know, how many of us need a back scratcher?
1: Oh, one of my favorite voices of GI Joe. That guy is just so he's um just the the bull of the woods, you know, to use a Dusty Rhodes phrase. like, like there's a lot of cool Tough Joe's before Flint, but Flint just kind of came in and he was he seemed like, um, what was that Tom Cruise movie, Jack Reacher? Right, like yeah. he's a total Jack Reacher type of guy who wouldn't walk into the room opening the door, Flint would kick the door in at headquarters. Come on, boys, we're going on a mission. Right? Hawks, like, that's my office door. <laughs> <laughs> no time, General Yo Joe. <laughs> <He's>...
0: <laughs> Four four Hawks out from behind the desk. He's in a dragonfly. (laughs) Some uh, say
2: that's uh, that's Tom Cruise's best work when he played a character that's six foot six.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's his biggest stretch. Yeah, that's for sure.
3: Yeah.
1: He pulled it off. I mean, it was down to The Rock and Tom Cruise, right? The Rock recently shared that he was up for that role and he lost it to Tom Cruise. I'm like... How was that close? Right? <laughs> that
3: guy literally
1: called himself the Brahma Bull. <laughs> like, yeah. Bull in the so, China shop, Brahma Bull. It was 6'4",
0: 265 pounds, superhero-looking dude. Uh, Tom Cruise gets the pocket. Yeah. Tom Cruise used the... it. Bigger
1: personality.
0: That's right. You'd fit him in your pocket.
1: We can always put lifts in his shoes. It's fine.
0: <laughs> we'll stand yeah. him on a crate. We All right, so
1: so here's a here's a little brainstorming session here um and mike sorry about your uh your format sorry about your damn luck <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. um tom cruise okay making a live action gi joe movie you have to use tom cruise you have an edict we have tom we have to use him who does he play today you know like not you know oh 20 years ago he would have been per- today who does tom cruise play
2: I mean, it's almost sacrilege, but I'd love to see him as a villain. Not that you wouldn't want to get the face value out of Tom Cruise. Ripper? <laughs> well, I mean, if you gave him a big one, if you made him Deathstroke or Cobra Commander. I know you're obscuring the face, but... Deathstroke. <laughs> that was always one of the one of the teases from Connery before he fully retired, was that he said he would do Bond again, but only as the villain.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, bar- barking Fridge. Good one.
0: Ace. Uh, oh I, yeah, I think sixty-year-old uh, well, Tom uh, Cruise has to be General Hawk, doesn't he? No, well, man, have,
1: that's he the obvious raverick. one.
0: Uh, it, 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 obvious, obvious. He's he's again, he's past sixty. He doesn't look well, it
1: though. No, he looks <laughs> great. It. Ace or Maverick. I mean, those are the obvious choices. Maverick.
0: <laughs> well, naturally, about, Maverick.
1: How about General Flag? Since you're probably getting uh, a there, you
0: go. There you go. When you get your deal out of him,
1: right? So General Flag and Major Blood, the little pew pew. That's it, one be, and done.
0: The Admiral Keelhaul.
1: <laughs> Playing the clarinet the whole time.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> Just standing on the end of the deck between the nines.
3: <laughs>
1: and all the jets are flying around him.
3: Get out of the way.
0: <laughs> Launching into Woody Herman tune.
1: Okay. Oh. You, they they tell you now you have to cast Clint Eastwood. So you got
0: Tom as flag or Keel Hall. Who
1: who does Clint Eastwood play?
0: I mean, like Keel Hall's dad. I don't no, know. Yeah. he has to be Joe Colton,
1: doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah, that's the one. Either, no. that,
2: either that or quick kick.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> one of the two. I mean, Clint Eastwood is eighty-five years old. I mean, you know, I just. Why
1: not Storm Shadow?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's go for it. We'll just, we'll just digitally superimpose his face We'll get him right on there. It'll work. It'd be, it'll be a dream come true.
1: See, I can't do fantasy casting these days because I don't know who's out there. Like I, uh, I haven't seen a new movie in ages, and even if I did, I, I can't commit the actor's name to memory. Um, the most recent movie I saw was Borg McEnroe, the tennis movie, which was actually really good. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was it was kind of like Rocky. It wasn't really about tennis. It was about something more important than tennis. But um, the guy who plays Borg is exceptional, fantastic, like a young Viggo Mortensen. I don't know what his name is. Never will. You know, like I just can't. So oh, I, forget. I go back to 50-year-olds like Tom Cruise and Matt Damon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe Colton went and saw Borg McEnroe and she hated it.
1: But she well, everybody movie. is entitled to the you know uh what? the right to be wrong.
2: She's a big Star Trek fan, so I think I think so, she had so um, am I. unfair expectations.
1: So am I <laughs> What? <laughs> How does yeah. Star Trek so, have been- anything? <laughs> there were go, no Borg in that movie. She oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on a time delay here in Canada. I just got the joke.
2: There you <laughs> go. It'll bounce around. It'll
1: get to you. Okay, yeah. I was going to, like, my wife was asking him, so what's this movie about <laughs> Borg versus McEnroe? And I said, well, it's John McEnroe against the Borg. <laughs> I might I might take McEnroe in the points. Oh, yeah. about to tell you. I would I,
2: too, right?
0: I, like, I think, I'd watch, trying, I, I think I'd watch that movie. I think I'd watch it. They're going to
1: assimilate him, and Johnny Mac is like, you cannot be serious. <laughs>
0: Just give him this slew of wooden rackets to crack on the Borg.
1: They try to, like, whatever the thing is this Borg Spidey thing where they, like, get you and uh, and he dodges it and they get him, but he's like, You did not get me! You cannot be And he's like assimilating into Borgness. No!
0: No! Oh, that's
3: crazy!
0: He just You're blind! Off.
1: And the Borg are like, angry. <laughs> Chill, man. Chill. is oh, a good one there. You have to have him in it. anything, any movie that's based on an old property. Tom Hardy has to be in it. So That's true. Who it's does Tom play? Tom could play anybody. I mean, that's the thing with
0: him. Literally anybody. Yeah. Like, that's a legitimate casting. Like, he, Tom Hardy as Destro would be great. Yeah. Like Serpentor? Yeah. Uh, if you Zartan? go with Serpentor, sure. Zartan would be good. Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking all the, the baddies. Or maybe just recast him as Bane. So he can do the voice again.
1: Yeah. He, the guy could do Flint, Duke, Shipwreck. He literally, there is almost no Joe. He would he could do quick kick and I wouldn't really laugh all that much at it.
3: <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sure, why not? Sure.
1: He's bare chested and barefoot in the Arctic. And,
3: and he's
0: okay. he's good. He's good. He's fine. It's just no a little chilly there. darling. It's just it's good. <laughs> That hiss tank that they're riding under puts out a lot of heat. It's good. But anyways, coming up Friday and Saturday, tomorrow and the day after, for those of you playing along at home, uh, is the rest of Hasbro PulseCon. We'll take a couple of minutes and go through the itinerary that they've got planned. Uh, tomorrow, if you are tuning in, taking Friday off to, to watch Hasbro PulseCon. Uh, 11.05 is when things get started at the Wizards Magic the Gathering presents Zendikar Rising Live. I have no idea what that's about. Uh, 11.45, uh, Dungeons & Dragons presents Dragon Talk. Uh, 12.25, we get our first celebrity sighting with Joe Manganiello's guide for Dungeon Masters. At 1 o'clock, the HeroQuest panel. That was their big reveal earlier in the week was HeroQuest. That's already funded. Uh, Then 1.30, the Hasbro Star Wars panel. 2.30, the Hasbro Star Wars Has Lab panel. 3 o'clock, the Star Wars Entertainment panel. Uh, 3.25, the treatment tent for Star Wars Overload opens. And we get the Hasbro Marvel panel. And then 4.45, the musical performance from Lights, a band that I have never heard of.
1: Lights? Lights.
0: Sure. I even clicked on the little extension thing for it, and there's nothing there for light. So is I, I,
1: Cybertronic Spree busy?
0: Uh, yeah. you, you would think, but I don't know. Stan, they Stan Bush? I Greg, think they're, Greg. I Greg think Greg. they're Canadian. Oh, I don't know oh, if they'll yeah. let them across the border.
1: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I guess it's, same goes for Kick Axe, Spectre General, too.
0: There you go. But September 26th, Saturday at at uh, 10 o'clock, that's, that's when our particular fandom is represented. a.m. the G.I. Joe panel with panelists, the Hasbro G.I. Joe brand team. And this is straight off of HasbroPulse.com. Even more news and reveals are waiting for you during the G.I. Joe event at Hasbro PulseCon. Tune in and be the first to see new items, find out which characters will be launched next, and get a peek inside our development process directly from our team. And if knowing is half the battle, you're going to want to join in for G.I. Joe trivia and show off your expertise. Plus a special appearance from Henry Golding, star of the upcoming film Snake Eyes. Don't miss all this, plus other fun surprises we've got up our sleeves. Yo, Joe. And all that's going to get squeezed into 45 minutes before they give way to the Zoids panel. Zoids? Getting pushed off the stage for Zoids. So I'll I'll pose the the question to you, gentlemen. What are we going to see tomorrow in the G.I. Joe panel?
1: A lot of complaining Joe fans.
0: Right. That'll be, be after. That'll be when the Zoids He's panel goes, that'll, that's when that'll start. He's dead on.
1: I, I got a question. Um, Did you guys like, like back in the, when we were growing up and collecting all this stuff, before the internet, <clears throat> did you guys enjoy finding out about things in the store? Yeah. Wasn't oh, that yeah. a rush?
2: That was, that was some of the best part of collecting was finding the first Joe in March or so. And f- and couldn't it didn't matter who it was. I didn't care who it was. I just wanted to flip it over and yeah. see what the possibilities were for later in the year. Same thing with the vehicle. the first vehicle you got didn't matter what it was. The first thing you were dying to get was that fold out catalog. yeah and it was so, some of the best parts of being a toy fan as a kid
1: so and then sometimes you would get sneak peeks in the catalogs, Sears catalog, consumers distributing catalogs. Um, very small images, not high definition. You know, you couldn't blow it up and mm-hmm. fill up a, a giant TV screen to look at it. It was just a little glimpse. Like I remember my first glimpse of 85 Snake Eyes. I couldn't tell what he looked like. He was a black figure and he and he had something white beside him. It kind of looked like a wolf. And I remember <laughs> having a discussion with my godbrother. We were going through the list, and the code names were there. Shipwreck, like we knew these are new eyes shipwreck we saw him on the cartoon shipwreck and snake eyes and we were like we had like a uh disagreement and he said that's snake eyes and i go that's i mean it's the old snake eyes and he goes no no it's a new snake eyes i'm like there can't be a new snake eyes that my mind couldn't understand that what do you mean a new snake eyes there's so many joes to make why remake an existing joe it doesn't make sense i have a snake eyes or or you know, everyone who has one, what are they going to do with their old one? If they have a new one, throw it in the garbage. I, I don't understand. you was so small. We couldn't any de- yeah, we couldn't make any details out. And then my first time actually seeing the toy was in a store. And that stuff was so exciting for me. And over the last couple of years, I've just found that it's kind of like with movies. When you watch the trailer and then trailer two and trailer three, and you watch them over and over again. And by the time you get to see the movie, the movie is like ho-hum um same thing with toys like looking at the pictures the reveals all the reviews and stuff like that months sometimes a year before the thing comes out it's so anticlimactic for me to see it hanging in the store so to put this theory to the test like and I haven't been really following news that much um and if I see a picture I don't really dwell that much on it I'll, I'll rarely like do a video about um hey here's the reveal let's check this out but um, to put that to the test, I, I saw the new He-Man Mr. T figure for the first time ever in the store, like a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it, it was coming out. I had no idea. I had never seen a picture. No one had told me, hey, this is coming out. Check this out. I didn't see the the reveal at online toy fair, nothing. And that just transported me back to when I was a kid, like, <gasps> this is a thing are you kidding me this is super so and the jake the snake uh roberts he-man figure jake the snake as a snake man same thing right beside t and my mind was blown i'm like i like this feeling i like not knowing this was coming not having the the stress or the anxiety of hunting for it knowing it's out there and hunting and going and being disappointed and going again and dis- being disappointed uh I like that and that just kind of reinforces to me to not dwell too much. You know, it's it's cool to see but just not dwell too much and dissect and and suck all the fun out of like the experience of seeing it hanging on a peg in a store and having that be the big reveal. Cuz like we're nostalgists, right? We love nostalgia. We love the thing, but I think one thing a lot of us miss is the experience as well of like the the reveal being in the actual store.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And a lot of times these days the first look we get at something is a leaked photo out yeah. of a factory and it's blurry or quickly snapped or you know it's it's a bad image and people their first look at something they go well it doesn't look very good but how can you tell?
1: Yeah, it, that's too desperate. We've gotten to the point where we're too desperate if we're like looking at leaked crappy pictures that have all sorts of other crap on them um you know like when they have like different um what is it like credit stuff on it it was never meant to be public Mm -hmm. but there it is it's blurry it's out of focus it's weird and and here's your glimpse and they do that with movies too behind the scenes shots they're filming this movie here you know i don't i don't want to see christian bale in his bat suit Half on drinking a coffee and eating a bagel, like I
0: screaming at a production assistant.
1: Yeah, no, I said no. Cream cheese, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) You'll never, you'll never butter a bagel in this town again.
0: I think there's something to that, too, because I, one of the better, um. one of the more popular videos we've done since we've made the the jump over here to, to YouTube was uh, the, the the when we broke the news about the Target pre-sale. Now, mind you, it all went to crap the next day, but the day, like, <laughs> kudos to, to Hasbro and Target for keeping a lid on that until the day before they were going to be sold, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I just, like, I, I remember I saw it pop up somewhere and I, I sent a message out to, to Mark and to Joe can you guys go in an hour and they were like um, sure why not yeah but it, it was it was like that was the closest we've come to that because you're right so much of the time the process gets so drawn out and and that was the first time that in a long time and it'll probably be the last time in a long time where <laughs> yeah. we got to just uh, just say hey look this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen like in eight hours.
1: Yeah, fine. Once in a while is fine, but if I were to do that every four days, every three days, I would be miserable. Like I would, I'd just be, all right. Here's the new news.
0: Like, why bother? Yeah, we pop if, on once a week. When it happens, we let it go, and then we—that yeah. was just a, a rare one-shot kind of opportunity.
1: Yeah. But uh, I, I'm ever since that T and Jake experience, I really want more of that. So um, I know it's you know pretty much impossible to let things fly under the radar these days, especially when you're on uh, multiple social media platforms. But when, uh, when you I, brand
0: I, it as T and Jake, it makes it sound like you're setting it up for a sitcom. <laughs> now uh, back to T and Jake.
1: Well, T and the snake would have. Been what it was called, and uh, instead of a sitcom, it would have been like a buddy cop show, well. <laughs> like tag team. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted them, uh, Jesse and Piper. I don't know if you guys know about it. Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura pilot episode. They were going to have a show called Tag Team. No, no. You, oh, okay. You don't know about this? No. Okay, so Roddy Piper Miss and Jesse Ventura were going to do a show. They did a pilot. It's out there. I've seen it, parts of it anyway. I think the whole episode's out there. And it, I think they're former wrestlers turned cops or <laughs> bounty hunters or something. It's something <laughs> like that. Like they're they're crime fighters and they're former wrestlers. So they, they were wrestlers on the show, I'm pretty sure. And Just so like, I really, I wanted them, like if they were in a fight scene, <laughs> I wanted them. I can't remember. Grabbing,
0: grabbing the pen to write down. Yeah. To look this up for later,
1: Don't, but go while on. Looking for paper, <laughs> at the back of your hand works fine. This is important. <laughs> you to um but I wanted them to be in a fight scene. So you know, you got like three hoodlums beating up Jake or uh sorry, uh beating up Jesse. And Piper, instead of helping, is like on the other side of a fence that's only up to his his waist, <laughs> right? And he's like leaning over. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you know, punch, punch, hot tag. Piper comes in. Oh, you know, here we go.
0: I'm <laughs> a anyway, house on fire.
1: They they use wrestling rules, you know, like if the guy punk gets to the fence, he's got to let go of the sleeper. And, oh. But this thing is out there, the tag team. That's why in WrestleMania six, when Piper's coming out with the, you know, anyway, Piper is going for his match. Jesse says, that's my tag team partner. Always wondered why he said that because they never teamed, and uh, that's why
0: they're there's <laughs> that was it gotcha.
2: <laughs> I was thinking, as, as a fan of both guys, that show had to either be amazing
0: or just <laughs> god awful, right? It's probably nowhere in the middle. Why not both? <laughs> it, it's gonna be so god awful that it is amazing, that's right. what it is. Yeah, but it's yeah like first, it. first piece of paper within reach, an old envelope for a <laughs> Or an electric bill that is yeah. where I have the notes written down this is where it will happen I,
1: I want my my biggest wish for 2021 is reaction tag team figures <laughs> how obscure is that Roddy Piper and Jesse the body tag team <laughs> reaction figure
0: <laughs> maybe, they can, maybe if it if it goes uh, the gets the full season worth of episodes they can uh Maybe cast Hulk Hogan as the villain. Yeah.
2: I mean, we're only
0: probably three years
2: away from Funko Pop actually considering that, right? Because they have dug pretty deep. Yep. Into the whole pop culture, well, so.
1: Well, don't they have it. Mike Irizarry and Mark Weber? Uh, is it Weber or Weber? You
2: know, it's Weber, and and Weber. they actually reached out to us, but they said the heads on the Funko Pop are too small <laughs> to be me and Mike, so.
1: <laughs> Yeah. i see i say weber because there's a street in kitchener ontario where i'm from named weber it's spelled like you spell your name but we always pronounce it weber all Kitchenerites pronounce it weber and we always know when someone's <laughs> out of town because they go hey you want to go grab dinner <clears throat> yeah sure what are you thinking well there's you know this nice restaurant on weber like oh that. ah get out of our
2: town i think I mean, the only, the only big Weber, spelled correctly, claims to fame are the grill, which is Weber grill, and uh, the bowler, right?
1: Isn't uh, Chief, yeah. Chief Weber on uh, Grey's Anatomy?
2: Not, not up on my Grey's Anatomy. Eh, he's, a, he's
1: been there forever. I mean, it's an accomplishment to be on Grey's Anatomy and not be killed off after 14 right. years. So. And you
2: say, you say he's in charge?
1: He Well, he was. He's uh, He was the chief, I think, in the first uh, 50 years of that show, anyway. Um, <laughs> he's still around, though, and it seems like my wife watches it, and it seems like they've killed everyone except for three people on that show. So so he's one of the survivors.
3: Do, do they
0: kill him, or do they just wander off into the ether, never to return? <laughs>
1: well, they kill him. It's pretty okay. brutal. Like, they come up with these insanely... Um, uh, really intricate deaths for a lot of these characters. Who, anyway, it just seems like there's some drama, and they uh, they get the uh, you know uh, what was it, Professor Arturo send off from Sliders. <laughs> you think you're a big deal, eh?
2: They work in a hospital, right? You, you would think they could save a few of these people.
0: Yeah. Bad
1: luck. <laughs> no kidding.
0: Bad luck. we bandages. But yeah, the uh, the what's on Joe' mind pops. Uh, uh, it, we're we're in discussion. <laughs> we're in discussion. We'll, we'll we'll see if that comes to pass. Because it'll we'll get it'll you get done. A, You you know you could have a you could have a mic you could have a honcho, and then you could have like eight or nine Joe Coltons. That's true. Honestly, we're not we're not outselling any of Joe's figures. So no, no, we would be we would be number ten and eleven out of out of an eleven figure. You, you know what? They'd have to multi-pack it. They'd have to you'd yeah. have to to get
2: Joe. You'd have to buy Mike and me. That's how.
0: it Yeah, works. yeah, something like that. Sorry. Something like that. It, it, it's and honestly, fair, fair. That's fine. I'm okay with that. So do we? I mean, would we be sell, out selling the the Michael Mercy pop figure or no?
1: I I don't know if there's one out there. I kind of feel like there is one. <laughs> I feel like Funko has some sort of some sort of deal where they don't have to pay any rights fees, do they? They can just they've made so many they can do whatever they want now, they right? Need to
0: get everybody, so okay. I'm I'm waiting for those those semi-obscure 80s sitcoms that ran, you know, five or six seasons but, but don't have that staying power. I'm waiting for the Empty Nest Funko Pop run. I'm waiting for the Wings Funko Pop run.
1: What was Burt Reynolds' sitcom?
0: Evening Shade.
1: Evening Shade Funko Pop, Burt Reynolds. Right.
0: Complete, you'd complete your set of Charles Durning pops, yeah. you know. There yeah. you go. Northern exposure. That's what you
1: uh, can you imagine if Ted Danson signed a deal?
2: Ooh. Oh my goodness, Dude, I, I get some uh, some Cheers pops. I'm down yeah, with you that. the Cheers
0: pops, and then you can you could roll right into Becker pops, and then, and then CSI G- pops. I mean, the Good Life or the Good Place, <laughs> and then you know, finish up. Of course, I think they did the Good Place, didn't they?
1: Three, probably. Probably. in a baby set.
0: <laughs> I was, hey, that need, was popular in the last ten years, so I, I just assume it's been done.
1: We need more Steve Gutenberg merch out there.
2: <laughs> work, work it, baby.
1: <laughs> the two biggest "What happened to this guy?" stories ever for me are Steve Gutenberg and Ray Parker Jr.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. Well, that's that's what happens when you. When you pursue foolish lawsuits, that's the Ray Parker Jr. story.
1: Well, I well, you, years ago, like when I was in university still, and I wanted to do a documentary called "Finding Ray Parker Jr." because there were like a couple of other documentaries that were kind of serious, called "Finding This" and "Finding That," right? And I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to do "Finding Ray Parker Jr." because it was important to me. <laughs> like, what happened to this guy who made one of the coolest songs ever and just disappeared? And I always he- wondered what happened to this guy. And then just recently, I saw an interview with him on YouTube somewhere and he's been interviewed for Ghostbusters stuff recently. And he's just, he's fine. He's happy. He's a dude. It's like, there's no, he's he, they didn't find him behind a waterfall in uh deepest, darkest, you know, Africa or anything next to Hakeem. <laughs> like he's just, I'm just chilling, man. I'm just sitting here. You know? Didn't he
0: go back to the Commodores for a while? I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I always I read it once, did. but it, it was unremarkable. So I've kind of forgotten it. I
1: always Didn't wished they, he would have done some sort of team up with Huey Lewis and buried that hatchet.
2: Right? Didn't they <laughs> kick Oli out of the Commodores to make room for Ray Parker Jr.?
1: No, that was the Horseman. Oh, and and, uh, and Lex Luger. I get am confused. <laughs> Ironically,
2: Ray, Park,
0: Ray Parker was a better worker than Lex Luger. Yeah, <laughs> but but you can never forget Lex Luger's contributions on the the top ten smash, "The Night Shift." <laughs>
2: I'll, I'll always remember Lex for losing that fight with the shirt oh my
1: god I know. I've been yeah. watching some and we're, we're getting away from G.I. Joe here <laughs> yeah, no, saying. you
0: think we've just mashed up the Commodores and the Four Horsemen you think but, we're <laughs>
1: A lot of a lot of people like Lex Luger has the reputation he has these days, but I remember him being really awesome when I first started watching NWA, which was '89. And I thought, well, this guy's really good. This is before I knew about work rate and all that stuff. And I thought this guy's really intense, and he's a pretty good talker, and he's he's pretty good. And then it kind of went all downhill when he went to WWF from there, and then came back. But now watching some old NWA on the network, um, World Championship Wrestling from 1988, this guy was great. Like, you know, yeah. he, uh, if, if something had happened to him, like Magnum TA, we would be remembering Luger as the, one of the other huge, what if stories, like he had so much potential. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Lex Luger later years, I'll never give it a second look, but those early years, the stuff with, uh, with flair fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, he w- he was a heck of a worker early in his career when he, when he felt like keeping up with the narrative. Mm-hmm. But then he decided he was big and and kind of got away from that.
3: Yeah. Jericho
2: said in his book that he would get extra promo class time or promo, you know, practice time by booking next to Luger's slot because Luger would never show up to work on promos. And the the rare time when he asked him, "Hey, you're, I'm booking, I'm taking your time. Is that okay? I don't want to step on any toes." Luger said, "No, usually I'll just do a double tanning session." Okay. I'm like it's the most meager thing ever to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really your dad that
3: you used to work.
1: You guys remember the Starcade '88 main event where they stopped the match because of the gusher, which what? was like, which was like a two trickles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine what Flair must have felt like in there. It's like, oh man
2: i think i think Cornette said said about that that lex had never cut himself before
1: he had um earlier in the year which is another one I just watched when barry turns on him he gets put into the post Oh, and and he, yeah yeah he saws on himself and um he bleeds more in that match where barry turns on him than he does at starcade oh. so he's you know he's got a trickle at starcade and it was just you gotta wonder how like Olie why didn't Olie jump in the ring with an axe <laughs> let me show you how it's done young buck <laughs> <laughs> Oli
2: strikes stripes is the kind of guy who would have an axe on him or nearby
0: in his pants <laughs> some somewhere in his ring gear he has a slip back
1: the rock that was a new one I, I heard the wrestlers calling him the rock i, I never knew Olie had that as a nickname for a, a cup of coffee but The Rock Ole Anderson. I'm like, what? (laughs) If you smell what Ole Anderson is cooking. (laughs) Polish sausage, okay?
0: The most from Minnesota man in the history of Minnesota.
1: (laughs) (laughs) From Minnesota, obviously. The Rock Ole Anderson. (laughs) love Gary Michael Capetta. voice <laughs> <laughs> <Measley> voices.
0: <laughs> so, getting back to Pulse God Day Two. Yep. Got- oh yeah. <laughs> Pulse what? GI Joe Battle at ten oh five, where we just read read that off. I'm not going back for it. Uh, hey, ten fifty is noise.
1: Just want to point out Joel's uh, rock regowski. <laughs> All right, back. <laughs> And now, back to Jokon.
0: Oh, oh, Zoids panel at 10.50, so uh, Dave Tree will be watching that one. Um, 11.10 a.m. is the Transformers Entertainment Panel. Then 11.40 is Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom toy reveal. Uh, 12.30 might be kind of interesting. That's the voices that inspire generations of Transformers fans. That's a panel with Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. Oh, cool.
1: So that'll be cool.
0: Uh, then uh, followed up by the Natural that's a natural lead-in for Tenacious D at one thirty. What? Uh, <laughs> then the Ghostbusters panel at one fifty. Asbro Power Rangers at 3 p.m. I just uh, had an idea. Uh,
1: speaking of Tenacious D, G.I. Uh-huh. Joe live-action movie, uh, Tenacious D, so Kyle Gass is his name, I think, and Jack Black, mm-hmm. as Dusty and Footloose. <laughs> Now all we have to decide is who's
3: who.
0: Who's who? Hey, whoever can grow a mustache first is footloose. <laughs> so it'll probably be Jack Black as Footloose, but we'll we'll keep we'll we'll be fair about it and let them figure it out themselves. I, I mean see
1: Kyle as Dusty. Yeah.
2: It doesn't yeah. matter what you call him or what the role is. I'm pretty sure Jack's gonna play that character he always plays. Yeah. He's good at it.
3: Hey yeah.
2: it, it works.
0: It works. Mm.
1: There's some night court chat in the uh talk in the chat there. I didn't know John Larroquette was six foot four. He's
0: yeah, he's a, a he's a big dude. He's he's tall. Mm-hmm. Uh then we get to 345 p.m. Power Rangers Entertainment, and then we're gonna wind it up at 4 30 with Fallout Boy.
3: Right. So I'm
0: sure if you're there for for your all kinds of toy stuff, you'll be sticking around at your Fallout Boy at 4 30, those 30 and 40-year-old dudes.
1: Now seriously, why didn't they get Stan Bush? Nah.
2: nah. It's, a tough, it's a tough get. I mean, he's busy.
3: He's, he's busy. Got a, lot, <laughs> a lot going on. He's got Stan <laughs> Bush Bo- the
2: pandemic though, has probably I think he had to cancel his tour. Um, yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Not to mention Stan Bush Con is the same weekend, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that was something totally different actually, Mike, but uh, <laughs> No, 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 that's BushCon. That's not Stan BushCon. <laughs> oh, okay. That's different. Those are, those are different. Very things. careful with that on your internet browser. Well, I mean, one of them is for Stan Bush, and the other one is for yard shrubbery. And there so you go. It's it, 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 very close, but you know, not the same. Not they, the
2: same. They've actually used Stan quite a bit in the last several, you know, several years at least with the Transformers brand. So maybe they just want to freshen it up.
1: Yeah, is there a Stan Bush Funko Pop?
0: I'm sure there is. I'm positive of it.
1: I wish that with all these little extras to go back to Transformers for a second, the, the Unicron that's coming out that has Pulse Unicron in they're including little tiny Galvatron, little tiny Hot Rod or Rodimus. I wish they would include an even tinier Stan Bush so you <laughs> can stand with a guitar, stand on Unicron like the music video. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's
0: as much as my register will let me get into the beginning of uh, dare. It's not
3: bad. <laughs> we, okay.
0: we got there. We need it to. Okay. So we are we are past the glorious one hour mark, which means we got to start start bringing this into the station. Here we here's a, a final note on standby. Stan Bushcon. Hello. No, that's not it. That's not it. I think <laughs> I was, think was it. <laughs> yeah, it. Don't they no. call that the Touchcon? No. No, no, that's not right either.
3: <laughs> Man.
0: <laughs> and one thing that we always do try to do on our on our show is shout outs. We want to give, yeah. give our props and our recognition to the, the folks who – who mean the most to us this week or folks that uh, that uh, went above and beyond or, or what have you, whatever, whoever's, whoever's, whoever you're thinking about, that's who gets shout outs.
3: Yeah, stay we'll let, Love we'll, you. We'll, we'll,
0: We will let the hot show go first. Mark Weber, your shout outs. I want to give a shout out to Emily
2: at uh, network. It's N-T-W-R-K. If you're uh, wondering how to spell it without vowels Uh-oh. and she writes and says, uh, pre-orders for G.I. Joe Cobra Commander were initially quoted to ship during the month of September. Please know we are working to have your orders shipped as soon as possible. The shipping delay is in relation to the recent restrictions on the carrier systems as a result of COVID-19. Unfortunately, this is a circumstance out of our control. You will likely see tracking information populate in the middle of October. So... If anybody like me made the mistake of ordering a Cobra Commander figure through the network app, uh, yeah, they're going to miss their ship date by at least two two to six weeks. So that debacle rolls on. So we'll keep tabs on that in our other uh, very popular segment called What I Didn't Get In. <laughs> right here on What's on Joe Mark. What's important is you're not bitter. No, I, I mean, I assume it'll get here at some point, and I don't need it now versus later. I just like watching errors compound, right? It's a good bit.
0: <laughs> momentum. Momentum, yeah. is a, it's a fantastic device for comedy. What, what's the opposite of momentum? Is it no momentum?
2: Because... <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> the network listen, just killing it. It's just killing it. If nothing else, you got to give them points for consistency.
0: Look, hey, at least they sent you an email here and let you know. No,
2: no, this was the second response. The first response, the guy didn't even answer the question.
0: So
3: I got Mike. Right.
0: Mike, you're going to witness that for me. I tried to find a positive bit in that, right? You, you heard yeah. me, right? No. Yeah. Okay. yeah that's
2: my shout out that's all no 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 good ones just just emily at network that's emily at the network i appreciate you getting back to me and telling me you guys screwed
0: up again (laughs) goodness (laughs) michael you're our guest today do you have any shout outs
1: uh, I've got some shout-outs to everyone who joined us in the chat. There, they gone Nyquist seventy five, Matt Rubin, Renegade Biker. Who else was in here? Fulton Ansley Project, Rob Iriziri. Coincidence? I no, think not.
2: no. He's been stalking Mike for a long time. Yeah, gonna get me out of there.
1: Uh, and anyone else draws? Uh, anyone else I've missed there in the chat? Oh, Upwards uh, for, for decades.
0: An no, I can't. I can't seem to shake that guy.
1: Man. Thanks for hanging out with us. I want to give a shout out to Mike Irizarry, right there in the top left corner. Great chat with you again. I'd like to give a shout out to guess who else? Adam Hurt for this awesome mug.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> From Memphis, Tennessee, which has allowed me to rock and roll tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Weber. It was awesome to chat with you tonight too. And uh, and a huge shout out to everyone over on uh, the Patreon tribe. Uh, lots of great friends, good brothers and sisters on there too. Always want to give them a shout
0: out. Awesome.
1: What about you, Mike?
0: Well, and there just to to throw. Rob was here first. <laughs> to a good point. But I I've moved away several times now, so clearly I am not doing any stalking. I am I am trying to get as far away as possible.
1: It's not called stalking anymore. It's called standing, <laughs> okay. which kind of goes back to
3: StanCon. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: give. I'm gonna also give a shout out to Stan Bush. Um, big fan of Big fan of your work. Don't 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 uh, let the the conversation here try and tell you otherwise.
1: I just want to say, Stan Bush is one of the most inspirational singers of my entire life i I have loved the touch ever since 1986 and dare and um uh, you know it's a song that i can always put on to just lift my spirits i think he's an incredibly inspirational uh musician i think he's an awesome human being and uh i don't know if i'll ever get the chance to chat with him but i would take that in a heartbeat because i think stan bush is a national treasure
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, look, look. So I guess shout out to
1: Stan Bush, too. You
0: know. Dude dude, uh, dude f- took a big chance on his career by giving our silly robot movie a, a kick-ass soundtrack. Right?
3: Yeah.
1: Same, same goes right? for that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, too. You
0: know, in 1986, you don't get to do the Transformers movie without potentially, you know, wrecking up a good thing that you got going. So kudos to Stan. For rocking out, Transformers the movie. Oh, in
1: history, point. Is it was the right call.
2: Absolutely, it's a good point. I mean, if you think about it, that movie ruined Orson Welles.
0: <laughs> Truly, he, it didn't. You never it heard from him again. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> you never heard from him again. I don't know what happened with that guy.
1: <laughs> Not too soon, Mark. Give it another week. <laughs> yeah, Let's try he it again
0: next week. <laughs> he he wasn't he wasn't even he wasn't even doing those uh, wine commercials after that. That's it was terrible.
1: Yeah, the French.
0: <laughs> Tune in
2: next week on What's on Joe Mind when I rip Orson Welles and the network again.
0: <laughs> and we we do another mashup of the Commodores and the Four Horsemen.
2: I ripped I ripped Ole Anderson, Joe Kobatnik, Orson Welles and the network.
0: Please refer to him as
1: The Rock, Ole Anderson the Rock <laughs> Oli Anderson, from now on. The Rock, Oli Anderson. The Rock, Ole Anderson.
0: But uh, my and shout-outs, of course, Racktime Rob, the official fourth man of the What's On Joe mind team. Ole. we have to give a shout out to Joe Colton in absence. Uh, Joe Colton will uh, will be back next week to hopefully restore order. Um. To our good friend, Mary Mercenary, who's just having a tough week out there. We give a shout-out to Mary because she needs some lifting up. And to our our other good friend who is normally in our our chat room, uh, Diana Davis, who is knocked out with some last-minute medical issues tonight. And so hopefully a quick recovery for Diana so that she's back with us again next week as well. As I kill the room.
2: And a big shout-out. To Mike for joining us on the show tonight. And, yeah, no problem, and, and it's and- not
0: Kim in the room. You
1: know what? Let's let's just thank you, but let's take a moment and, and just send some positive thoughts, prayers, whatever you want to send, uh, well wishes for her to you know get better. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks. This has been a blast, and like I said, um, thanks for the uh, the format. But you know, this is your format. <laughs> <laughs> it's about that's how it what, goes, man. That's I, what I, we do with it. <laughs>
0: I tell you, man, I got I got co-hosts who get a little antsy when I don't send a format. So yeah,
1: I, I prefer to do it this way. It's just it's fun to go <laughs> off on tangents and stuff because that's you know, how you I, get
0: that's how you get the Tomadores and the four horsemen. I, I'm talking about.
1: And the rock Ole Anderson.
0: You know, Lex Luger, <laughs> the Rock Ole Anderson, Ray Parker Jr.
1: Tom and, Cruise uh, as, and Tom uh,
0: Cruise are the they are your NWA four horsemen.
1: Absolutely. Tenacious D is Dusty and Footloose.
0: <laughs> Dusty and Footloose. <laughs> didn't even talk about uh, we didn't even talk about Lionel Richie splitting from the group.
1: Oh you know? <laughs> Lionel yeah. Richie is Alpine. Okay.
0: Yeah. Got that must mustache is perfect.
2: <laughs> no, Lionel Richie could walk up the walls. It's perfect for Alpine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yodeling? No, no, he's (laughs) dancing on the ceiling.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Get there.
0: You got to go up the wall. Mountains don't have ceilings, though. Mountains are walls, in a way.
1: We'll be climbing on the ceiling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's get out of here before he sings some more. Right? So, uh, for our special guest host, Michael Mercy, for the honcho, Mark Weber, I'm Mike Erizari. From here at What's On Joe Mind, remember to exercise your freedom of choice by choosing to wear a mask and keep yourself out of harm's way. Remember, we're still in a pandemic, even though none of us want to be in a pandemic. Remember. Have a great rest of the evening. We'll talk to you next week, Thursday at nine. Be here or be square.
3: Yo, Joe!